And Warm Trophy Kids presented by Bad News Media. It is the college football recap show. Week six is in the book. It was a tough week for us uh, from a gambling standpoint. Uh, we had a couple tough, tough misses. We'll talk about it. Um, but I, I think we're still going to head in the right track. This was a great week. I learned the most valuable lesson. Don't doubt yourself. And and that came in into play with Notre Dame. I doubted myself on that one. Hand up. I fumbled that pick. Um, I said on this podcast last week, this is a danger spot for Notre Dame. Louisville, you got the absolute giant killer in Jeff Brom at Louisville. Phenomenal coaching staff. The edge was to them on the coaching side. The, the rest factor was going to be a huge one there and just how exhausted Notre Dame is. And, and I called it a danger spot. And then what do I do day of? I, I pick Notre Dame because I I let too many outside forces kind of cloud my my mind there. It didn't work out. That's my fault. We'll talk about Notre Dame here in a second. But I think we need to start with the biggest game, Texas-Oklahoma. Oklahoma, I mean, round of applause to them. That was fantastic. We I was on Texas to side. Texas had plenty of opportunities in that game. I think back to the three goal line trips and only getting three points out of it, you know, Ewers kind of turning a little bit back into a pumpkin. Three turnovers, can't have that. But they still had plenty of opportunities to cover that number and to win that game. But at the end of the game, when you need your head coach, your offensive-minded head coach to be that guy, to scheme some things up, he absolutely turtles. He becomes an absolute coward. Coward football does not win. I, I cannot stand it. The moment they settled for kicking that field goal, and you could see it in the play calling there late at the game, I immediately wanted them to lose. Because not only was I going to lose the bet, but immediately I, I hate chicken shit football. I, I absolutely cannot stand it from a coaching standpoint. Um, you, you're, you did not play to win the game. Oklahoma played to win that game. You could see it in their effort, in their goal line efforts, in their energy they brought, in the steady hand and riding the course. Like They wanted it more. You could see it. It was jumping off that tip. That Texas offensive line did not look like the same offensive line from an effort standpoint like you saw in Alabama. Same thing with the defensive line. Now, that's not to say Texas isn't a really good football team and going to have another crack at this because I absolutely think these two teams are on a, a, a crash course collision for the championship game there in the Big 12 for a spot for the college football playoff. Texas is still a phenomenal, really good football team. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where I don't, I don't think star was, he didn't meet the moment. He just did not meet the moment. It's as simple as that. They needed him to meet the moment as the coach and he failed to do it. Um, Oklahoma, though, we talked about this last week. They were ascending at the right time. Everything was was trending right for their direction, which was going to make this game an awesome game, which we got an awesome game. Yeah, we weren't on the right side from a gambling standpoint, but it was still a fantastic game to watch. Oklahoma's defense starting to come around. The offense, this is the benefit of having a guy like Gabriel Dillian running your offense. Uh, he's that steady hand you need, that veteran preference or veteran presence. My goodness. Um out there because when everything's going crazy in this game, you didn't see him panic. You saw this offense stayed the course and it absolutely went in their favor. And they came up and made enough big plays, won that game. It's going to reflect. We're releasing our first top 10 here later in the show. Week seven feels like the right time to do it. We, I feel like I got enough eyeballs on games. I got enough data to, to give you an accurate top 10 here. It'll be reflected there. Great game. I'm not docking Texas too much here, um, but awesome game by uh, Oklahoma there. Let's talk about Notre Dame. I said on this show, I called it, I said, this is a danger spot for Notre Dame because the athletic director 
absolutely screwed the pooch on this season for Notre Dame. He is as much to blame as Marcus Freeman, as the execution, as the play calling, all of it. He's retiring after this season, but the way this season and offseason went, it falls pretty squarely on the AD. He he deserves some, some responsibility in this failure because when you look at this schedule, it is an absolute nightmare. We talked about it in the preseason that the task Freeman had was tougher than anything Brian Kelly had to deal with because your rivals are all up. You've got just an absolute killer of a schedule up front. Because think about it. They played a week zero game. They went to Ireland, South Bend to Ireland, play a week zero game. They haven't had a bye yet. They've now played seven games straight, and we're only in week seven because they had that week zero game, which they traveled abroad. NFL teams, when they travel abroad, generally have the bye coming back to rest up because it's such it does such a number on your system. We got college kids doing this now. You've got back-to-back hard-nosed games in Ohio State and Duke, in which you got to give max effort down to the wire. Then you travel to Louisville against a Jeff Brom coach team. He is an absolute giant killer. I mean, you could see the difference in coaching. The better coaching staff was at on Louisville's side. Um, and you got to play that tough game. And then you got USC to follow up with that before you get a bye. Like this team is exhausted, and you could see it in the trenches. You know, Joe Alt, a fantastic NFL prospect, a legit left tackle, looked suspect in that game the entire offensive line was terrible the defensive line not very good on getting pushed and that's their legs they just don't have the legs right now um and this is a team that was already going to struggle even with a rest factor because your wide receiver room isn't very great it's it's down right now banged up the offensive play calling the ad screwed the pooch on that they didn't pay to get a legit oc they hired within inexperienced there you can see it in the play calling um and freeman's left to hold the back here And, you know, he's a good recruiter. He understands the landscape of college football currently, I think. But at the end of the day, this is a a nightmare situation for them. And and this schedule did them no favors. You've got a great Louisville team. We'll talk about them here in a second. But, yeah, the AD needs to be questioned here. I don't see anybody really pointing this out that he kind of screwed the pooch. Um, On the Louisville side, though, this is what we were talking about, you know, Louisville, Jeff Brom and that coaching staff is fantastic. They do a phenomenal job scheming things up. They've got some some pop in their weapons. And this is a really, really good, well-coached Louisville team. And that's what you saw at Cardinal Stadium. I don't think that's the name of it anymore, but you, you get what I'm saying here. So all credit to them. Failure on my part. I self-doubted. I called that that was a dangerous spot. It was the dangerous spot of the week. And then I went and I bet Notre Dame because I let outside forces cloud my judgment here. And I'm not doing that again. We're we're going back to trusting ourselves here moving forward. It's what had made us wildly successful so far this NFL season. But the last two weeks, I just, I let outside forces cloud my judgment. And and that's a failure on my part. So um, Notre Dame, they're they're probably looking at an eight-win season now. It's going to be really tough. USC look ahead is the underdog here. I think that's kind of crazy, even though USC is way down. We'll talk about them in a minute, but tough, tough schedule. Um, Mario Cristobal and <laughs> the ACC is terrible. And apparently they don't know how to take kneel downs. What in God's name was that? That is some like the, the Cristobal experiences on full display this week. You have top tier recruits in the building. His poor clock management and time management and game management 
and yet you still go out and you sign a top 100 player. I mean, that is the Cristobal, like, experience right there. He did the same thing at Oregon. There's that clip going around right now, 2018, Oregon-Stanford. He did the same thing. Instead of kneeling, he ran it, fumbled, lose the game. Like, it... it and the excuse, the reason, the rationale later in the press conference made no sense. It was terrible. I mean, at the end of the day, I think they were trying to to get the running back over a hundred yards, but he even sort of still blamed him. Like we teach, you know, ball security, teach the kneel down. What are you doing here? Like absolutely ridiculous. Like that's a fireable offense, in my opinion. What just happened there? Now he's not going to get fired because of some some connections there um but unreal um miami just completely blowing that opportunity crystal ball is just brain dead when it comes and it's infuriating to see these guys make ungodly sums of money and just cannot do the basic things right um it's infuriating to see i mean between him and stark and some of this other coaching decision it's just it's piss poor it's absolutely piss poor alabama texas a&m great game got that correct you know, Alabama is now in the driving seat. That side of the SEC was wide open. They're in the driver's seat. I think we're we're headed towards another Alabama-Georgia showdown in the SEC championship. I was pleasantly surprised. I thought, you know, Alabama's offensive line has been really bad this season. There's still no real push when it comes from a run game perspective, but they did a really good job handling that Texas A&M front, which is good. You know, Texas A&M had to bring additional guys to try to get pressure which I think is a positive sign for Alabama's offensive line that they could handle the natural pressure schemes and they could handle the defensive line that Texas A&M had to send extra guys. Jalen Milrose, he did exactly what we said he was going to do. He's very accurate and very good in the big explosive plays. Throwing deep, moving his feet, using himself as an additional runner advantage. It's that intermediary stuff that he struggles with. He still does it right now. He's struggling with it. But that's to be expected. Um, he's got to get better. He's starting to progress a little bit. I thought I thought he he did a good he did a better job this week, but still not great. And it's going to continue to get better from here. I think um, the Alabama team is 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 certainly not out of the college football playoff. I don't think they're going to get there because Georgia's starting to to ramp up and shifting it into the next gear, um, which we'll talk about here in a second. But yeah. At, Alabama took care of business. Jimbo, bad game management, but we've come to expect that. Him and Bobby Petrino, the game has passed him by. Uh, I mean, if it wasn't for Jameis Winston in that class, Jimbo doesn't have this Texas A&M job. He's not viewed fondly, I don't think, in the ranks of college football coaches. He's average to above average, and we're seeing that right now with Texas A&M. It's a disaster, um, but to be expected, and that's why we we bet Alabama uh, and, and got that cover. I think Georgia-Kentucky proved that Georgia finally understands what they have from an offense, that they can put the ball in the hands of Carson Beck, and he can deliver. I mean, you have the best player that is a non-quarterback in college football in Brock Bowers, but what we saw was a team that wasn't so determined to run the ball, was willing to air it out, and that paid absolute dividends. Uh, And that is the difference. Um, Carson Beck has been playing pretty well. He's not turning over the ball. He's, he's, he's making some big throws. Is he the best quarterback in college football? No, but you look at a, a comparable team in Michigan. I think they're, 
they're more alike than they are different. He's playing as good, if not slightly better, than McCarthy. And I think at this point, Georgia, and we've kind of talked about this, is as seasons as the season progresses, Georgia gets better. Is this a Georgia team of the past? No. Not shocking news to anybody. But we're seeing this team progressively get better week to week. They're starting to shift it into a new gear. Offensively, they unlock something here against Kentucky. They gained confidence that they can be a lethal passing unit. Um, they blew the absolute doors off Kentucky. I'm shocked that Kentucky is still ranked in the top 25. Actually, I shouldn't say we're shocked. That is that is the SEC bias. That is the phenomenal marketing job that the SEC has done over the last two decades plus to promote themselves as the best conference, even though they are not this year. Um, but yeah, it's Georgia is starting to ramp back up and they're starting to look again like a legitimate contender. Um, USC is in trouble. Uh, we, we said they're a non-serious contender because of their defense. That's exactly what, what was shown this week. Um, nothing, nothing new there. I think at this point, it's a good time to, to release the top 10. Uh, the trophy kids top 10 is as follows right here. I got Georgia one Michigan two. I think I got no problem. If you wanted to flip those two, I think Georgia is the slightly better team right now. Like I said, I think they're very similar, you know, car. I give the edge in the quarterback room to Georgia. Both teams though, are starting to to ascend at the right time, getting right. Michigan's going to be a real big problem for Ohio State and for Penn State coming down the pipeline. But those are the two top teams in the country. I don't think anybody's necessarily that close. I think it's a clear-cut one and two. You could flip them either way. I don't have a problem with them. I kept Georgia at one and Michigan at two. But if you were to be like, I like Michigan at one and Georgia at two, I don't have a problem with that. I move Oklahoma into three. Texas is a phenomenal win. This is a really good football team. When I look at the rest of the rankings, I think there's going to be some moving week to week here. But at this point in the season, all things considered, I think they have arguably the best, if not one of the best wins out of anybody in college football, beating Texas there. They're ramping up at the right time. I like FSU and what Mike Norvell is doing down there. I think they're a good football team. I think we gave a little bit too much credit uh, to the win against LSU, as we've seen. That defense is absolute Swiss cheese, um, but that's a good football team. Penn State, really good, going to pose a problem to Ohio State. You got Washington, Oregon. That game's going to solve itself out. I give the slight edge to Washington. We'll break it down later in the week. Ohio State at eight. People are going to be pissed about that. But this team, Jim Norvell is getting that defense in the right direction. We saw that in the Maryland game. We've seen that now in the Notre Dame game. The defense is legit. The offense is not. The offensive line, Lou Holtz is right. It's soft. And there's no real game plan. Quarterback play is down. The offense seems to be, screw it, Harrison's down there somewhere. And just chuck it up. And that works really well against all these other teams. But when you got to go play a Michigan and a Penn state, I don't think they're winning those games. So I give the edge there and I bump them down. It's just, it's not a complete football team. Um, and you remove the brand name of Ohio state. I, I don't see a valued argument that they're better than anybody in front of them right now. They were to play a Washington. I think they lose that game. They play an Oregon. I think they lose that game. They play a Penn state. I think they lose that game. They play an FSU. All right. Maybe that's a little bit closer, but I think FSU squeaks it out. They play in Oklahoma. I think they're getting beat. They play in Michigan. They're getting beat. They play in Georgia. They're getting beat. So I got them at eight. Um, they got a chance to prove themselves here, though, coming down the pipeline. Texas nine. 
I still think they're one of the premier football teams in the country. They lost to a really, really good Oklahoma. They're going to get another crack at it. And then Alabama moves back into to the top 10. The defense is really good. The offense is going to be old school. It's it's certainly down, uh, but I still think they're a top 10 team right now when you look at the other teams that are are budging. I, you know, I thought about putting UNC there. Um, I think UNC is... Ooh, they're they're starting to cook, and with Drake May getting Tez back, oh man, that's a lethal football team in the ACC. That's going to be a real problem for SS, FSU um, in the ACC. So, real good football team there. That's the top ten I've got right now. Um, interesting week for college football, though. We got a lot of good data points. We're going to continue to get some more good data points. Um, I'm excited for kind of the slates coming up here and the weeks we got coming up here. Like I said, I think UNC is a team that people need to look out for. They've got a really good resume right now. Got a better resume than USC. Um, Drake May is phenomenal. They got their their number one weapon back in the wide receiver room. That's a really good football team. They, they absolutely demolished a good Syracuse football team. The Pac-12 is rocking and rolling. I don't love the ranking of Old Miss. I think that's kind of ridiculous at this point. LSU is, oof, man. I mean, Jaden Daniels is keeping, he is carrying that team. And there's not much else you can say about it. That was a great game. LSU, Missouri, a lot of fun to watch. That LSU defense is, oof, Brian Kelly has really dismantled that defense. Um, I thought it was Wyoming should have been ranked this week. It's a really good football team. Um, and, and I thought they're getting some disrespect not being ranked this week. That's all I've, I've kind of got right now um, off the, the rip. We're going to have the Friday show come out here. We've got some great games to break down. I'm looking forward to going to have some good bets. I think we're going to have a really good week betting wise. Uh, I'm starting to like the shape of the board right now. Uh, but those are just some thoughts I had uh, on this previous week. Quick recap show. Wanted to get some thoughts out there for you. We will be back. That, that Miami-North Carolina game. Oh, my God. That's going to be an interesting one next week. But... That is, that's all we got. We got Oregon, Washington, good old USC, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Purdue will be interesting. Um, but yeah, it, it's a good week. So thanks everybody. Hope you like subscribe, continue to follow us here. We got some good content coming down the pipeline and as always, peace. Peace.